You are listening to the weekly podcast of Life Change Christian Church. We pray you enjoy today's message. And thank the Lord for what he's done. The psalmist says it like this. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. Hey! You've been so good. Anybody got a testimony this morning? You've been so good. Hey, yeah, you've been so Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. As we begin this new season, the head of the new year, Rosh Hashanah, let's say, Lashana Tovah, may it be a good year for you. May it be one of prosperity, one of sweetness, apples, and honey. And over these next 10 days of Teshuvah, literally means to repent to turn or should i say reflect how a repentance how a turning has happened in your life in your family in your situation Woo. so thank you thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord Thank you, Lord. 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 Does anybody got to thank you? Just reflect over the years. Reflect over this year. How the Lord has delivered, set you free, brought you up out of Egypt. Egypt symbolic of sin took you from Pharaoh the master of sin that kept you bound kept you from your purpose kept you from freedom kept you from salvation but somebody just thank the Lord that even symbolic in the story of Exodus how the Lord spoke and said the blood will be put on your post and he delivered us out of sin. Took us to a place called the Red Sea. Brought us through the waters. Water representative of the Holy Spirit. Protection. Making a way. Provisions. 
brought us into a place of salvation. But due to our own not being transformed by the renewing of the mind and we spoke and said it was good for us to go to go back but a voice came on Mount Sinai the trumpet sound came and the trumpet blew <laughs> It was much louder than that. And it caused the people to bow down, reverence out of fear. From that we find in Exodus 19 and 20, we find when the voice, the trump of God, the voice came, it was the presence of God. When the voice came, it was God preparing his people for the journey, for them to learn who God is. As well as when the voice, the trumpet sounded, it was a proclamation of spiritual warfare and battle. And so, at Mount Sinai, when Moses went up to the mountain, to hear from God and was given the commandments as we call it the, the Decalogue the Decalogue the ten the law ten laws literally let me remind you because sometimes we'll use the ten commandments as something to keep us bound but literally the ten is grace five represents grace grace upon grace double grace that God was given his people a freedom what does those 10 commandments represent? What do they say? I want you to read it. Exodus chapter 20, read it. It speaks five dealing with how to relate to your God. And then the other five is how to relate to one another. Vertical, horizontal, which symbolizes divinity and humanity. Divinity and humanity, the cross. So we have the voice of God, the trumpet of God. And this was the beginning of a new year, of a new season for the children of Israel, for where they had allowed idols to come in. They worshiped at the bottom, Baal and calves and and, and golden calves. Y'all know the story. But God came and his voice spoke. He brought freedom and brought liberation. His presence was there. He was preparing his people. The proclamation took place. And so as we decree, what is Rosh Hashanah? Rosh Hashanah is a time where it's a new beginning. A new time in Leviticus, it speaks of it. Here in Exodus 19, it speaks of it. And everywhere we then look, and I want y'all to do a study on the trumpets, on the on the trumpet of God. It's called the shofar. It's, it's the ram's horn, and it is literally known as the shofar, the trumpet. And from 
Old Testament to New Testament, we can find this thread, this trend of the trumpet sound of God. Trumpet sounds when it brings judgment. A trumpet sounds when it brings warfare and victory. Trumpet sounds when the presence of God is present. And we find even as Paul would use it, the trumpet sounds of God when he says, those that are dead in Christ shall rise. He says it in Thessalonians. And those that remain will be caught up with the trumpet sound of God. Rosh Hashanah. Trying to quickly give you this for the sake of time, but do study on the voice, the trumpet sound of God. What our church needs, for our church is in crisis because we've become carnal, because we put everything else before God. But let's get back to the voice of God and silence the noise that has us preoccupied what God is not. It's time for us to become to get known for what God is for. Can we say an amen? Let me try to take my seat for a moment. But let's just give God a couple of minutes of praise. Let's just bless the Lord for the trumpet sound of God. The presence of God. The preparation that's even going on in your life. You're wondering, well, why God am I being having to go through? Why certain things befalling me? Well, maybe it just might be preparation. It's time to hear the voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord sounds above one's interpretation. The voice of the Lord is one that God will speak for many people even in our time is trying to get a word from God and so you're listening to itchy to voices that are fortune telling more than they're prophesying but as I look through the scriptures when the prophet speaks they speak to a nation they speak God's heart to a people. Correction. So, as we think about this time, this season of Rosh Hashanah, let me remind you that the shofar is when it's blown, it proclaims. What does it proclaim? A couple of things freedom and liberty. What else does it do? It speaks of at times when the ram's horn, the shofar is blown, it speaks of the coronation of a king. <laughs> when the trumpet will sound at the last, it's not Jesus on a cross, it is Christ the king coming. It's one of judgment. The shofar is symbolic of a call to battle and war. Y'all remember, do some Bible study in Joshua where they were silent and walked around that Jericho wall in silence. And then the Lord said, on this day you blow the shofar, you blow the trumpet. And what happened? The walls 
came tumbling down. It's the voice. God will use your voice as the trumpet. As a battle cry. The trumpet induces fear on your enemies. The trumpet is a sound of victory. The trumpet announces and ushers in new seasons. The moedim, the presence of God. So, Rosh Hashanah, the head of a new year, is a time where we reflect, think of his goodness, think of what God has done. But then also it is a time that we Repent. Somebody said, but when you go to the, don't you repent? But, yes, you repent. Literally, repentance can happen anytime. Repentance literally means a metanoia. Literally, it's kind of where we get the, where we talk about metamorphosis. And we think of that term when we think of a, 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 a butterfly, uh, 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 what is it? Turning into a butterfly. Somebody put it in the chat. What is it? A who? A, 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 a caterpillar. Thank you. A caterpillar turning into a butterfly. It's a continuous thing. It's a reflecting. It's a it's a time where we look back. It's a time where we do an introspection. It's a time to see if we're in the right place, the right time, the right season. It's a time to humble ourselves and begin to say, Lord, transform me, metamorphosize me. Let me go from grace to grace. Let me continue to grow in grace and in the knowledge of you and the wisdom of you. It's a metamorphosis. Doesn't necessarily mean that you're always doing something wrong, that you're doing something against God's will. It is just a recognizing that God, you created me to do more, to be more, to go from knowledge to knowledge. It would be a shame that you still operate as if you're still an infant or a child when you are a when you are a, an adult or or you're a, a, a one older in the years. It would be silly if you are older and you're acting like an infant. No, we metamorphosis repentance. Rosh Hashanah is a time not only of reflection and repentance, but it's also a time of renewal. I just was scrolling through my uh, messages and I got a message about it's time to renew some of your subscriptions. Meaning that what I had is outdated. What I used to do is outdated. And for some of us, we've been in church for so long. We've come out of Egypt and we've forgotten where we've come from. And it's time to renew your faith. Renew your mind. The Bible says, Romans 12 says, be transformed by what? The renewing is something that's always in process. Always don't ever stay stuck with what you once know. Where God is not there. Oh, I know maybe last Sunday you had a shout, you had a dance. And many of us try to refabricate that to try to get that same thing. But God is gone. Renew! New methods, new ways, new insights. So let me challenge you. The shofar 
when it is blown, it is a sound to inspire us to amend some things. It's a time where we reflect. It's a time where we repent. It's a time where we renew. It's a time where we get relived, revived again. Remember when the prophet, when God spoke to the prophet and, and the Lord said, uh, can these bones live? And he said, only you know, Lord. It's a time to be revived. So the sounds of the blast of the shofar, if I had the time, I would blow it for it symbolizes so many different things, but on Rosh Hashanah, it is blown 100 times. And 10 days later, which we call Yom Kippur, and we're going to speak on it next Sunday. So come on back for Yom Kippur. It's a day of atonement, a time where we already know it in the New Testament. We've seen it, but I'm going to break it down even more next week. But during that time, the trumpet sound is blown once at the end of a 24-hour fast. The sounds of the blast of the shofar, there's four sounds. One is called the tinkler, which is a long, last blast calling people's attention. In church, I prophesy, it's time to awake. It's time to wake up, as we said a couple of weeks ago. The shofar blast, the sound is to draw your attention. If you've been sleeping, if you've been waiting and waiting in your, as, as the Jesus spoke, your, your, your lights are burning out. You, you don't have the wick trimmed. It's time to awake. So the long blast is to call people's attention. And after that, there are three broken blows sounds like crying which is the shavarim which symbolizes the brokenness the repentance for us to remember what christ has done for us to remember the pain the suffering for us to remember a broken world in the purpose of the voice calling people to restoration wholeness salvation peace third blast is nine or more staccato rings serving as a wake-up call to a new year forgetting those things as Paul would say that are behind and pressing towards those things that are ahead press on for many of us are stuck not delivered not whole not free Stuck on who did it, when they did it, how it happened. Stuck on psychological issues and hurts and pains, trauma and triggers. But it's a new day. A born again. A new experience. A new life to celebrate. And then the last sound. Takah Godala. A great blast played at the end, which symbolizes, I believe, the last trumpet sound of God. We will see the incor the corruptible being put on 
the mortal being put on immortality. Oh my God. So why is this day, why is Rosh Hashanah important? For it's a reminder of the voice of God. Church, we need to be reminded of his voice to reverence, to respect. And in that, we repent, we reflect of his goodness, we renew, we get revived to continue what he's called for us to do. In the Jewish tradition, they say that this is the time when God will do an introspection and put names in the book of life and, and bless the year. Oh, how symbolic and ironic that even within our Christian faith, we say that once we come into this repentance that he puts our names in the Lamb's book of life. It's a serious time. So let's look back to then look forward. And during these 10 days, between now and 10 days from now, it's called Yom Kippur. And so let me help somebody because I believe we're now on the second day. For the first day started on Friday, according to our Greco, Greco uh, uh, calendar, civic calendar. So we're two days in. But what I'm going to do, because in our life change community, what we do is this is a time where we fast and we 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 recognize because it's the 10 days of our which literally means tissue bar which means repentance a, a time to reflect a time to renew a time to uh, look back a time to look forward a time to recommemorate to to recommit to revive to to take a moment to stop hearing all the noises and to reflect on the goodness of God the grace of God the presence of God the provisions of God Woo, the pursuit of God and what he's called for us to do. Come on, somebody. So let me encourage all of those around the world. I'm so excited that God has given me something to give to everybody. It's not a Jewish thing. It's not, it's not just a, a, a synagogue thing. It's not a, a just for the Jews. This is for everybody. It's everybody. It's a time where we hear the voice. A time where we tissue bar repent. A time where we recognize Yom Kippur at one moment in time. Woo. God Himself spoke and delivered so that we can live purpose, with call, with passion. And so all of us have a passion. All of us have something that God has given us. And over this season, year after year, we have fasted at Life Change. And I want to encourage those. Now, when you hear fasting, I grew up fasting being put away food. or put. A, but we have so much noise in our society today, so much going on, that food might be one of the least things these, this time. So we're so self-gratified on uh, uh, social media, on, on so many media platforms, on so much noise that got our attention off from what God has called for your life to be on this earth. 
And so I'm going to encourage you during this season. I'm going to do it a little different. Because even as the Lord has been challenging me and for so many years, I would lose so much weight and I would just drink water. And, and it was a time where I would be so focused on what can I eat versus what can I eat. Come on, somebody. Y'all could testify with me. Who's just raise your hand if that's you. But as the Lord has been teaching me and speaking to me and challenging me because our base is so much broader than where we once was. That I want to encourage you today to think bigger when it comes to fasting. For Isaiah 58 says it like this. Isaiah 58 and 1 says it like this, and I just want to give props to the producer. So much is going on. We was going to have it on the screen, but to let me know that we've had some technical difficulties, and that's all right. We're virtual, so that's what we do. But we usually, as we pull this up, we usually personally fast from food or personal issues. Chapter 58, 1 personal issues, good news translation, personal issues but or we think of fasting as a personal thing but when we look at Isaiah it says woe to those who make unjust laws to those whose issue, issue oppressive decrees to deprive the poor of their rights and withhold justice from oppressed of my people making widows their prey and robbing the fatherless see when there was a fast going on the prophets would speak of it and they would deal with the issues that was affecting a nation church we've got to stop being narcissistic with our faith just talking about a personal salvation We've got to move beyond just how I, I, you know, somebody said to me that when you look at illness, illness deals with I. Could it possibly be that we're ill because it's I, where it's wellness deals with we, W-E-lessness, wellness, I illness but when the prophet spoke of a fast when the Lord as we're just talking we're dealing with what the Lord says and during these 10 days and beyond these 10 days I'm going to even say the next 10 months we're going to deal we're going to fast on issues that are affecting our world that I would call our principalities, rulers, and wickedness that is creating sin in our world and in our nation. Yes, you're saved. Yes, you ask God to. But what's next? You're not saved just for you. If that was the case, then you might as well go on to heaven. What good are you? You're saved then? But when you got saved, did he take you that? No. He saved you so that now you can deal 
your passion, your gift, your call, your talent, your treasure, who you are can affect the nation. And so let's read what a fast is. For the Lord says, shout as the Lord loud as you can. Tell my people Israel about their sins. Talking about the nation. They worship me every day, claiming that they are eager to know my ways and obey my laws. They say they want to, come on, keep it flowing. Give me just laws and that they take pleasure in worshiping me. The people ask, why should we fast if the Lord never notices? So they was challenging, what's the point of fasting? Why should we go without food if he pays no attention? For the Lord says to them, the truth is, that at the same time you fast, see they was using food and they was trying to use food as an excuse because they wanted to do their own thing. But the Lord says, even when you fast, at the same time you pursue your own interests and oppress your workers, your fasting makes you violent and you quarrel and fight. Many times we think fasting is a pious thing. We have justified ourselves in and justified trying to make ourselves seem super spiritual. But he said, even in fasting, we see violence, we see quarreling, we see fighting. Do you think that this is the kind of fasting that will make me listen to your prayers? During these 10 days, as you're reflecting, as you're praying, we're going to challenge you to fast, but not this type of what's going on as we see he says for when you fast you make yourself suffer you bow your heads low like a blade of grass and spread out sackcloth and ashes to lie on is that what you're calling a fast do you think i will be pleased with that this is the lord speaking he said but the kind of fasting i want is this this is the type of fast that God is calling for us to do in this year, in this season. Come on, right? Take notes. Jot it down. We'll have slides for you in a moment. For I believe that God is going to use you in this season, in this year, to break chains of oppression in the yoke of injustice. God's going to use you to let the oppressed free. God's going to use you to share your food with the hungry and open your homes to the homeless poor, to give clothes to those who have nothing to wear and do not refuse to help your own relatives. Then my favor, listen to this, then my favor, folks are looking to get blessed. Folks are looking for a transplant. Folks are looking for God's favor, God for God's blessings. God, well, this is a, then my favor will shine on you like the morning sun and your wounds will be quickly healed. For I will be with you to save you. My presence will protect you. This will be the year of protection. When you pray, guess what? I will answer you. When you call to me, I will respond. Could it be that you're not hearing from God? Could it be that he's not answering? Cause we've lived a narcissistic gospel Verses, caring for, putting an end to oppression, into every gesture of contempt, to every evil word. If you give food to the hungry and satisfy those who are in need, then the darkness around you will turn brightness of noon. And I will always guide you and satisfy you 
with good things. I will keep you strong and well in this year. You will be like a garden that has plenty of water, like a spring of water that never goes dry. Your people will rebuild what has long been in ruins, building again, come on, say with me, building again on the old foundations. I'm going to call all those from far and near. It is a time of fast. This is the fast that the Lord has chosen. Reread it. Look at what it's saying to deal with oppression, to deal with injustice, to deal with ill gain, to deal with those who are marginalized, to deal with those who oppress. Literally, this was Jesus's first gospel message in Luke chapter 4 where he spoke of his mission spoke of his call for centuries even within American Christianity westernized Christianity due to the isms of the principalities and rulers and wickedness due to a people trying to answer how can you call somebody that's the imago day the image of God inhumane not human they took on a form of piety to call people into personal salvation so we had the great awakening to try to bring people personally to God and so we took on this personal salvation theology which really obscured the deepest meanings of Jesus. For over centuries, we just looked at personal salvation. If you give your heart to the Lord, when really people was dealing with the guilt and the shame of what they did personally to a group of people. So our tradition, traditionally we focused on personal salvation on an individual, never dealing with social transformation. Why? Because if we was to deal with social transformation, then we would have to deal with the sin of a deep-rooted issue that's still in the fabric of the DNA of America that has reached all around the world. So the church has focused on individual redemption, but not on the redemption of the social order of Genesis 1, the Imago Day of God. God creating humankind in his image, in his likeness. And due to that, the social order got out of whack. And so we'll now just focus on our own selves, narcissistic. Bless me, Lord. Save me, Lord. Me and my children, Lord. Me and my family. 
But we have forgotten that God, that sin disrupted the whole social order. So we focused on maintaining and expanding the church. Bigger church, bigger bonds. Could it be, just check this out, where you have a mega church coming to a city and, and we got small mom and pop churches. But when a mega church comes, they take all of those. We don't, we don't do true evangelism. We just take from the small, bring them in the big. It's called the Walmart church generation. Hire musicians, hire pastors, folks on staff. Everybody come and get comfortable, kick back. We just get a word for itchy ears, get a word. We get entertaining. We go back and do our own thing. Building on bigger buildings versus building on the reign of God. For our narcissistic Christianity and church has failed to put the reign of God at the center of our theology. So in this new year, this new season, I'm gonna challenge us to expand our understanding of personal salvation beyond just a personal experience, but to touch lives around the world. And so virtually as we're touching one another, country to countries and cities to cities, states to states, nations to nations, we can have a voice that will be homologia saying the same thing, speaking to the principalities, the rulers, the wickedness, the things that are coming against the social order of God. Jesus was concerned for more than just the redemption of a soul, of an individual. He wanted to redeem the very powers that shape the dominion, the denomination, the system in which we live. I was talking to my lovely wife, Pastor Tamika, and we had a great conversation about Barabbas. And for many of yours at the cross, y'all think of Barabbas as being mad and some of the pictures like he was a madman, a monster. But literally, Barabbas was one that spoke against the social order of oppression, of people being treated less than, of folks being treated with inadequate health care without adequate needs and so he was an insurrectionist in his day but even Jesus who did nothing wrong took his place because they said give us Barabbas they didn't even know what they give us Barabbas and take Jesus Jesus was concerned about the social order of humanity so Jesus died for the reign of God in the gospel he proclaimed that is social, that deals with systemic issues, that deals with rulers and wickedness. And so we see from the Old Testament all the way to the New, the Old Testament prophets, let me help y'all, whoever's calling themselves prophets, they spoke judgment to social order. They didn't speak to personal things about the Lord told me to tell you that you're going to get this, that, so on and so forth. Speak to the climate. Speak to the rulers. Speak to social order. 
calling people to practice and to struggle in social justice. For Jesus was standing in the continuity with the great prophetic tradition of the Hebrew scriptures. Jesus was practicing and he spoke everything that Jesus did was dealing with injustice, healing of the sick, speaking to the to the man that was uh, uh, dealing with mental uh, demonic issues, speaking to the powers that be. That's why Jesus had to tell folks, even Peter, do not say who I am. Because literally, if they would have called Jesus for who he was, Lord, you was only called Lord when you was dealing with the empire, social stuff. And if they would have said Jesus is Lord, literally, he told them, do not shut your mouth. Do not say who I am because my time has not come yet. Come on, I'm teaching. I'm teaching too good. Y'all got to give to this message. So. Jesus was concerned about humanity, the whole. And church, woe unto us if we just stay focused on individual, self-personal, self. It's bigger. Jesus spoke to justice issues. His first sermon to his disciples, we find in Matthew chapter 5. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice. That word in the Greek and Hebrew literally means sadak, means to judge right. Justice. We in our Bibles, in the King James Version says, Blessed are those who hung and thirst after righteousness. Why not justice? Because to deal with justice, King James would have had to do some things differently. Thirst for justice. For they shall be satisfied. Matthew 5, 6. He then said, blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of justice. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He said, woe to those, to the Pharisees, to the church folks who tithe but neglect justice and the love of God. Luke chapter 11. Jesus was about justice. And so I believe that God wants to use us as a church to join our voices to so many who are beginning to cry the call of justice. There are many secular organizations that are doing it, but where is the church? Why aren't we actively engaged? For the church supposed to be one of the largest organizations in the world, but silent on what God is so loud about and we're so loud about some things that God ain't even stressing. Let me stop there. That's from Bishop <laughs> William Barbara. But can we this season pray for peace and justice? Can our church be heard on Sunday mornings praying for peace and justice? 
Can our call, can our gifting, can our talents be used for justice? For the church is becoming irrelevant to our younger generation, to our young generation, because we're not focused on what God is focused on. As a church, we need to be committed to being a bearer of vision, conscious of the world, critically assessing how things are going, being a prophetic voice, speaking for what God cares about. The poor, the widow, the outcast, the hurting, the marginalized, the fatherless. We are to be an advocate speaking for those who have no voice. A change agent working for the reign of God to rule within our world. And so, this is what a fast is about. Is it not to loose the bands of injustice, to undo the thongs or the yokes of bondage, to let the oppressed go free, to share our food with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into our houses. When you see them naked to cover them and not to hide ourselves like the church would with not having a voice shouting, jumping about Lord bless me versus what our fast needs to be about. For Amos said, use his voice to say what the Lord would say of saying, I hate, I despise your worship and I take no delight in your religious gatherings. Spare me the din of your praise singing. Let me hear none of your stumbling or guitars, but let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever flowing stream. Amos 5, 21, 23 through 24. So, this season, where I'm getting ready to show you the prayer items, the fasting items, that we're going to be concerned with over the next 12 months. And each month, we're going to focus on an item. I'm going to ask that we even start. We're two days into Rosh Hashanah, so we got some catching up to do. So maybe tonight or today, or whenever, you'll at least cover three of these things in prayer. And you'll begin, my challenge to you will be is that as I lay these things out, that you will ask God, which one, Lord, have you called me to? Which one, Lord, have you chosen me to be a servant to? Which one, Lord, have you called me to have a passion for? Which one, Lord, have you given me the voice to, given me the gifting to, given me the, the, the compassion, the ability to serve, the, the ability to have empathy for, the ability to be a minister in the marketplace, not in the church, not in four walls, but for me to be able to be a voice. So maybe one of these might be the first one it's coming on the screen, but we want to cover over these next 10 days, day one, healthcare for medical debt is the leading cause of personal bankruptcy. 
Do you know how many people are living with inadequate health care just in America alone? But just think in our world where their children dying, where our elders are dying because they do not have health insurance. Health care. Second one that we're going to pray. Day two, we're going to deal with housing and homelessness. For just in America alone, there is, they state that there are more vacant houses that if we dealt with this correctly that those who are homeless if we just there are five vacant homes for every homeless person in the country but because of laws because of our own lack of care will allow people to be homeless children to be homeless and so we're gonna do warfare prayer we're gonna fast for the area of housing and homelessness. Day three, we want to deal with voter suppression. They said since 2010, 27 states have passed racist voter suppression laws and more than 1,700 polling sites have been closed. This was in 2010. It's even worse. Y'all just get on the news. See, we've got to be concerned about what God's concerned about. Do you know the literal term for vote means in Hebrew voice means your voice matters. We get the term vote from your voice. God's concerned about your voice, your vote. So woe unto you that will say you're not going to vote. God has given you the right to use your voice. Let's be concerned and pray for that for even within a certain group of people and culture. There has been fights and suppression. Folks have died just for this cause alone. Day four, let us focus on children and youth and that's so encompassing. We're dealing with kids who can't go to school, who are having issues. There's shortage of teachers, there's shortage of, of, of care, but we see half of the children, 39 million in the United States alone, are poor, a low income, living under livable wage. 39 million, that means no ability for uh, higher education stuck in poverty and we know that poverty we've learned that poverty is the fourth leading cause of death in america alone poverty is violence and we've got to come jesus even said the poor you will have with you not because they have been born to be made poor not because they don't have the ability to fulfill their calling but because of social policies because of uh policies put in place demonic that is kept in keeping people poor. Let's pray for our children and youth. Day four, day five, climate change and environmental justice. For one in three Americans are at risk of not being able to afford water in the next five years. My bishop says that we can unlead gas but can't unlead water in Flint, Michigan. Something's wrong. We've got climate change. The earth is groaning in travail. Let's begin to pray. Let's begin to use our voice. My God, uh, actually today, September 17th, we cry out with those who are protesting. I would have been there if it wasn't a Sunday, but I knew that I needed to be here to give my voice to this. But in New York, there's a protest, there's a rally, there's voices that are challenging how fossil fuel is causing 
climate issues. Where are you and where do you stand on climate change? Church, it's time for us to deal with these issues. Next one that we're going to cry out is debt. For student debt affects 44 million Americans and amounts to $1.6 trillion. Let me say this. It is robbery. I just read, woe to those who legislate evil, who are preying on the widows, the orphans, who make it their, make widows their prey. Legislature, where even in COVID, there were trillions of dollars made in businesses, while those who are on the front lines died of COVID and barely made a living wage church where are we on this why aren't you praying why aren't your voices being heard but it's a new season next we're dealing with immigration and how dare we discriminate how dare we have beef when our lord and our savior was an immigrant his life was trying to be taken as a baby and his children had to run into egypt what if Egypt said no? But there are 11 million people in the U.S. undocumented. Many are essential workers, but they are not eligible for most public benefits of health insurance. Yes, we have a crisis. Yes, there's a problem. Yes, I hear all of the debates. But let us not go against what the word says. But let's get into prayer. Let's do some warfare to come up with a solution, to come up with answers of how to deal with our brothers and sisters who may not look like us or come from the same country as we. Oh my God, let's deal with this for we see the inadequacies. We see due to Jim Crow laws, we have seen due to uh, uh, racism at its root has incarcerated in america alone we are the highest population of incarcerated people and we supposed to be the most modern and civilized culture uh, country in the world but we have more people incarcerated six times the rate of whites and at least 6.1 million people including one in 13 black adults can't vote due to felony conviction something is wrong we have a deep-seated issue with a sin that's part of the dna as they said in in america and we have to as a church deal with it let us fast on this let us deal with this I now see why Jesus even said some things can't come out just in prayer alone, but by fasting, this is the type of fast we do. Militarism for every federal discretionary dollar. Check this out. 53 cents goes to the military while 15 cents goes to anti-poverty spending. Our prophet, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., when he started dealing with poverty, that's what got him killed by our own government. Yeah, I said it. Because while he spoke on militarism and what's going and what's being spent, while people 
are in poverty. A prophet. Check out how profits the end result. You calling yourself a prophet? Are you ready for what potentially a prophet may have to deal with when they're speaking truth to power? Oh, but let us pray. Prophet, let us pray. As we continue to deal with this injustice of living wages, there is no place in America where someone is working full time at the minimum wage that can afford housing and healthcare and food. And I've come where just even in my state alone, in order to rent, to pay rent for a two bedroom, a three bedroom, you literally may have to work two or three jobs just to cover the rent. Something is wrong. Church, we're so focused on tithing and people giving, robbing people, but not dealing with the things that are robbing them. Oh, where is the church to deal with policies and legislations, to deal with issues that are robbing people? How dare we ask for more from when we can't confront the things that are robbing our own housing and health care folks can't put food on the table and praying to God to help them while we talk about why aren't you uh, giving tithes and offerings monitoring giving but let me challenge those also who dare not give because you're stingy and because you dare not trust God for your resources and you're robbing God in your tithes and your offering. And so these are the issues. I think we got, we already did with the refugee crisis. These things, if you want more information on it, then you can check us out. I've given you enough time to snap it, to look at it, but this will be our prayers. This will be our prayers for poverty is the fourth leading cause of death. If anything, we need to pray, Lord, give us an uplift. We got prophets running around talking, laying hands, talking about if you give, you'll come out of poverty. You'll come out of this. You'll come out of that. The devil is a liar. You will not come out of poverty when there is social policies in place to keep you. Look at your inflation now. And during COVID, there was money given and y'all was living large, wasn't even given to a church. But now inflation is on the rise and you're more poor now than you was before COVID, trust me, let me help you to understand there are some practical things, saving, not spending, being wise with your money, being wise with things. Stop going for the hokey doke of what these prophet liars are telling you. Oh, it's a new season. It's a new day. As you already seen, we're going to deal with gun violence. We're going to deal with refugee issues. We're going to deal with all of these things. Can you be a church that will lay fasting each month around these issues and around these concerns, change it, and around these things? I know I've said a lot. I know there's been a lot of time, but we're in Rosh Hashanah. This is a time of consecration. This is a time of thanksgiving. It's a time of renewal. It's a time of restoration. It's a time of joy. 
It's a time of God's blessings. It's a God's of time, God's favor. It's a time to do what God has called for us to do. Dab. It's a time for us to be able to walk in what God has called for us to do. And so if you're looking to be blessed, you're looking for God's favor. You're looking for God's peace. You're looking for God's provision. You're looking for God's all of that. Then let's be about what God has called for us to be about. Isaiah 58. Come on, Isaiah 58. We're going in this year to set the oppressed free. We're going into this year, Rosh Hashanah, hey, to, my God, set the captives free, to undo the yoke of bondage, to be able to decree the year of the Lord's favor, to call it the year of Jubilee. Are you with me, church? Church, are you with me? It's a Rosh Hashanah. It's a new year. It's a new day. So if you lay your plate down, it's okay. But let's really do what a fast is really about. If you're putting some things aside just for your own personal self, do what you got to do. But while you're doing what you got to do, let's not forget what we're called to do. To set the oppressed free. To bind the, 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 the enemy. To speak to the principalities, to the rulers, to the wickedness in high places, to bind the strong man, to be able to prophesy, to be the voice, to cry aloud, to be the trumpet. There's a trumpet sound in Zion. Sound the alarm. Will you sound the alarm? It's time to sound the alarm. It's time to sound the alarm. Sound it in the east. Sound it in the west, sound it in the north, sound it in the south. It's time for the trumpet sound. Cry aloud, spare not. Church, awake. Awake, O Zion. Awake, O Zion. Awake. It's time to make a sound. Make a sound that will deal with injustice. Make a sound. There will be a voice. Get your vote out to be a sound of protest, to be a sound of justice, to be a sound to help somebody. Use your gift. Use your talent. Use your treasure to be able to make a sound in this season, in this year. In this my God year of favor, it's Rosh Hashanah, Lashana Toma, Lashana Toma. Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.